Welcome to the Strong Life Coach Podcast, where we speak life, coach life, write life, and lead life. Today, we're rejoined by the great Fernie Rizzo. Fernie, yes, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, thank you for having me here, Derek. It's always a pleasure. You know, you, you must have liked something about the last one because <laughs> you came back. Hey, man, you're, you're, you're a good host. What can I say? You're a talented man. <laughs> you know, uh, even as a speaker, I always say, it's one thing if somebody does something one time. You know, you could be really bad and do something once. But if you're asked to do it again, then I take a special little compliment in you coming back. And, and it is. It is. You're, you're a great host, and I appreciate you having me back. All right. So last time we covered your journey from the businessman, the, the man behind the motivation is kind of what I've been calling it. Um, the man behind the motivation and the brand. Today, we gave people a sneak preview last time about what you do from a basketball coach perspective. But today, we're actually going to dive in deep and pull back the layers so people listening in can understand what you do in your basketball program um, to, uh, support, to support the community, to, to look out for the children. And, uh, and I think it's an exciting journey. I'm, I know several times when we were discussing and, and prepping, I think uh, I'm excited. <laughs> I, I know I got the goosebumps again, so that's two in a row. So if you come back, we'll have to go over three in a row. There you go. Three for three. <laughs> All right. So let's jump into to the, to your journey. Where did your basketball journey begin? Uh, middle school, uh, junior high, you know, just wanted to be part of the athletic program uh, in middle school. All my friends were doing it, mm -hmm. you know, went from football to basketball. Um, that, that was pretty much it for me, though. I, I didn't do the baseball and track thing. Mm -hmm. um, and freshman year, um, I actually did not make the cut. I mean, once once okay. I got to, to high school, um, you know, that was that was pretty much it for me. So it was more of a seventh and eighth grade mm -hmm. type deal for me. And, and what was it like getting into that high school level and then going through that cut experience? Uh, you know, you're, you're there competing every day for a spot. Um, you're pretty much wanting to make the team, wanting to be part of something. It was right after football season. Mm -hmm. I think that was hard because uh, football season was over, so I had already missed out on the preseason. Mm -hmm. um, and not seeing your name on the list um, after a few days of tryout, it, it's it's hurtful, man. Uh, you're a 13-year-old kid. Mm -hmm. You know, you you really stop believing in yourself. Yeah, uh, I never really tried out again mm -hmm. in high school. I stuck to football, so it was it was uh, emotional yes. to say the least. Because <clears throat> I really really had a passion for it, wanted to be a part of something, but you know, uh, not everybody makes it. Man. That's right. I mean, Michael Jordan got cut from his uh, JV it, team, right? That's right. Too that's bad right. I didn't become him. Though. <laughs> <laughs> With uh, and you hear like any great story, you see this this obstacle or this trial that they have to overcome in order to get to the other side when people look at the basketball program that you've established now and back then i don't know if they'd put those two together of okay he got he had that experience being cut as a freshman but then seeing the success you've had with your program in not even just in san antonio but san antonio El paso and now even nationally um it's impressive to see where you've come from yeah, a lot of people don't know I got cut. And uh, when they watch this or listen to this, they're probably going to be surprised a little bit. And, and uh, I'm okay with saying that because, like you said, it's a journey. Yes. And, you know, I stopped believing in, in myself, never touched a basketball again. My my career was in football, high school mm -hmm, football. Mm -hmm. And look at where we are now. That's I mean, right. I would have never, never thought that I'd ever see the basketball court again. Mm -hmm. And I think anybody can relate to whether it's trying to get to two um, be a part of the team and then not make it or try to get a job 
and be turned down for or trying to get a girl and that doesn't work out like there's like it's a universal experience of of rejection to go through but even as a, a freshman it has to be challenging to experience i faced a lot of rejection growing mm -hmm. up man uh, a lot and uh it was tough you like i said you you don't believe in yourself you question yourself mm -hmm. you question how good you are at anything um Thank God I was really, really good in the classroom. Mm -hmm. um, I was a pretty good football player we go. um, and, and kind of stuck to that. Um, but yeah, rejection, you know, the more you face it, the the more you stop believing in yourself. That's right. And that was, I, I experienced that, but I think I still had football mm -hmm. and academics to fall back yes. on. And I think that's a great principle because sometimes we have the shortcoming in our lives, even for people listening in, they're listening in. There, there, there's somebody out there that's having a trial right now or a problem right now or rejection right now. But then to think about what your principle you, you mentioned of what else is in my life that I can fall back on to your point. Yeah. What, what's positive, you know, don't mm -hmm. dwell on the negative. Um, yes. Again, basketball disappeared for me for a while, um, but I was still active in football, still mm -hmm. active in academics. I still had things to look forward to. That's right. And I could have, you know, definitely just given up on myself, mm -hmm. but hit the weight room and, you know, wanted to be the best football player I could be That's moving right. forward. And then, so you, for your basketball journey, it had a break. So you had a break from yeah. basketball from your freshman year forward. And then what brought you back in your basketball journey? So it's, it's kind of comical, kind of funny. Uh, fast forward four years, I'm a freshman in college. My little sister is now nine. Um, you know, my parents have been divorced for a year. Mm -hmm. um, they, they got divorced when I was 16. And my little sister wants to play basketball. So I'm the only brother. You know, mm -hmm. I was the only son in the family, uh, the only brother. So I'm the one taking her to try out. And I took her to try out with this program called Cobra Warriors. Okay. And it was the neighborhood program. Mm -hmm. So it was really close to, to us. And it was her and two uh, friends from her school. Actually, one friend from her school and another young lady. And it was a boys tryout. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that till, till we got uh -oh. there. But they were, I mean, there was all these boys trying out and just these three girls, mm -hmm. right? And I'm sitting on the bleachers and I'm like, yeah, I don't think she's going to make this team. <laughs> you know, I mean, right, these, right. these boys were good. She's a nine-year-old girl. And uh, ironically, Tony, the owner of the Cobra Warriors at the time, mm -hmm. uh, approached me after practice and said, hey, are you Laura's brother? And I said, yeah. It's like, how would you like to coach our girls team? And mm. I looked around and I said, talking to me, right? <laughs> Here's the kid who got cut from his basketball team right. uh, four years before that. And he's like, look, man, she she obviously knows how to play mm -hmm. because of something. And, uh, you know, she told me you you did football in high school. I'm pretty sure you can study the game and mm -hmm. uh, and learn the game. And that's what I did. I right. became a student of the game. I I wanted my sister to have that opportunity because of what we were going through mm -hmm. in our family. You know, uh, she was only nine. She was the baby of the family. I had to be a father figure moving forward. Mm -hmm. And for me to give her that rejection of, hey, they don't have a team or you didn't make it because you're a girl, um, you know, she, she wasn't going to understand those mm -hmm. things. And we had just been through heartbreak a year ago and she was the closest to my dad because she was the baby. Um, that's the reason I, I, I took it on, you know, there was only mm -hmm. three girls at the practice. So right. obviously we had to do some recruiting and, uh, I put that task on her and I said, Hey, now you got to find some girls to play with, mm -hmm. you. but that's really, you know, life has a, a, a funny way of working out yes. because 
that's what got me started on this basketball journey mm-hmm. is not wanting to disappoint my nine-year-old sister wow. because we had just been through so much mm-hmm. disappointment and having to be the father figure moving forward i felt the obligation to to do something mm-hmm. and uh one thing we talked a lot about last time was your leadership journey and this time it's interesting because we're like we're almost unpackaging more of your leadership journey <laughs> because yeah. we didn't talk a lot about basketball but somebody was somebody else Four years um, from the time that you were cut, you were, you were given the opportunity to lead again. Yeah. And not only lead, but lead in an area where you had a shortcoming before. And again, for people tuning in, I, w- I would love for them to take that principle away of, yeah, your shortcoming right now, you, you don't know if there's going to be another opportunity along the way, not just for you to do it, but for you to lead others doing it, which is the opportunity that you had. That's a good way to see it, you know, and I, I don't think I ever saw it that way. I just saw it as this 17-year-old kid who wanted to coach his sister, give her opportunities. But mm-hmm. um, now that you mention it and, and thinking about it, yeah, I mean, why me? Yes. Why, you know, there was a couple other girls in there. There's, I'm sure Tony knew mm-hmm. plenty of guys. His son was coaching right. the boys team. I'm sure his son had some friends that that could coach. But that's where I say is is life has a fun mm-hmm. way this of right. working out. Just destiny right. and, and, you know, divine intervention mm-hmm. is... It's just interesting. And yes. I didn't think about being cut four years ago. I just thought about, I love the game. Mm-hmm. I love the sport. Yes. I love to play it recreationally. Let me just study the ins and outs of it. The mm-hmm. X's and O's. I yes. was a football player. I knew the game of football, but I loved the game of basketball. And it was my passion that led me to to study it and not think about what happened four years ago. Mm-hmm. But, yes. You know, Hey, let's let's move forward with this. And mm-hmm. Give my, my give my sister a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've seen like any great leader, they have a vision for. There's a need before me, and what need can I help out? What need can I help out with right now? What can I? How can I serve? How can I use my gifts to be able to help? And so when people are tuning in, I just want to encourage them. If there's needs around them, fulfill those needs. You know, step into that spot. I know for me, even I think about a trial I, I went through which was like, I remember in first grade, for some reason, I was so ashamed of this mole right on my, my <laughs> mouth. So I would like cover it up when I was speaking. This is first grade. I don't know who wow. told me that or taught me that, but I'm over here talking with my hand almost covering my mouth. My first grade teacher sends me to the counselor and I, and I am, um, they talk about having a speech impediment. And I noticed that for me, I would stutter or stammer when I would speak, which you think if someone who stutters and stammers when they speak, perhaps they're not going to be in a speaking-related career, right? Look at you now. <laughs> Look at what, well, the first time somebody asked me to officiate their wedding, I'm going, like, I'm, I'm not a pastor. I'm not, like, in the ministry staff. I'm, I'm not a priest. I'm nothing like that. I'm a regular insurance guy is where I was when they were asking me. But if you're asking me, I'm going to take it as an honor, and I, I would love to be able to showcase your love story on your wedding day. Nice. But if... If I would have let or we would have let these trials from our past really um, hold us down, then we wouldn't be able to have some of the success that we're having now, which is such a powerful and beautiful thing. I think it's fear, man. Don't you? I, mm-hmm. I think it's it's fear of the unknown, fear of failure. Mm-hmm. And if I was afraid to fail, I wouldn't be where I am now. Right. I, mean, I think failure is a part of life. I think that's how you learn. I think getting knocked down, um, losing my father as an, as an only boy. And you know what? I, I never had him. I, mm-hmm. I really never did. I say I lost them when my parents got divorced. 
I think the divorce was the best thing that could have ever happened to our family. I think it was, wow. yeah, I think uh, being in that environment of, you know, the drugs to come away from us. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I never blame him. Mm -hmm. I'm very cautious about blaming my father. It's the decision he made, the addiction. Um, I think we were in a better situation, but I think that's what taught me. Don't be afraid to fail, man. I right. mean, I had already... I didn't have a mentor growing up, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. let me explore. Let me see who I am. I I wasn't taught by. Uh, uh, I didn't have the father son relationship. I didn't have the father to teach me who I was, to teach me how to shoot a basketball, mm -hmm. dribble a basketball, how to throw a football, catch a football, how to throw a baseball, swing a bat. I didn't have that. Mm -hmm. Everything was self taught. My poor mother was was working two jobs. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Just to make ends meet, mm -hmm. she was volunteering at the school to make sure we we stayed in school. And I felt like I needed to be the father figure wow. and not disappoint my little sister. If basketball is what she wanted to play, then I was going to study the game mm -hmm. and I was going to do whatever it took to, to be her coach. Wow. And it, here we are 25 years later and what a journey it's been. Yes. Now, how long did you spend in that role in coaching this is because uh, you were in college mm -hmm. and then, I was a freshman in college. And then how long did you stay in that role coaching in that environment? So it was funny because we went from the Cobra Warriors, uh, Tony Lego, the organization, uh, a buddy of mine, uh, Richie and I, we started the Lower Valley Wildcats. His okay. sister and my sister were playing together. They were the same grade level. May she rest in peace. Mm -hmm. um, she passed away at a very, very young age. Um, and we started the Laura Valley Wildcats and we actually made the AAU nationals, um, in four, four years after we started this organization. Oh, wow. So it must've been 97. Mm -hmm. Um, we are the Laura Valley Wildcats and we're in AAU nationals, AAU amateur athletic union, one of the biggest organizations in, in the country for, for amateur sports. Mm -hmm. Um, so we're doing nationals. Um, um, I think I'm either as. What is it? I'm still in college at the time, actually. Wow. And Richie and I are running this girls team. And uh, now we get some boys teams. And in, in 2000, we started the the El Paso tribe. Mm -hmm. So it went to the tribe. So here we are. I mean, they're young kids and, you know, we're we're young and we're in our early 20s and mm -hmm. we're coaching these kids. And now we're we're doubling in teams, tripling in teams. Now we have boys playing for us. Mm -hmm. And uh, then I got my college degree and I still kept doing the uh the youth basketball mm -hmm. movement it, it was my sixth year doing it and here i am as a first year teacher first year high school football coach and i got approached by the varsity head girls coach mm -hmm. at the campus at hanks high school in el paso to coach her freshman girls basketball team because something unfortunate had happened mm -hmm. with her freshman coach freshman girls coach and you know, I was pretty surprised. Mm -hmm. Rhonda Letts is a legend right. in, in El Paso. Great high school basketball coach. Mm -hmm. For her to be approaching me, this 23-year-old uh, high school football coach. Right. You know? But she said that she had heard a lot of great things mm -hmm. about my coaching skills as a youth basketball yes. coach and coaching girls and had, having coached my sister and her, her group that she definitely wanted me to be part of her program. Wow. And that was just six years after I, I really started doing this. Mm -hmm. you know? So you becoming co uh, coach at the high school level was really, it, it came because you began volunteering first. Absolutely. And again, I think there's a great lesson there when it comes to volunteering and the amount of leadership it teaches you 
working as a volunteer leader and when then you're volunteering your time to be able to invest in other people. I, I would probably say the greatest, uh, I mean, not the greatest, but when I was speaking as a, it was a volunteer speaker, you know, I had an opportunity to go to the prison uh, near to San Antonio, Texas. And so I was feel like this is some great training. Nobody's paying me. I have a literally captive audience, you know, <laughs> and they're, they're forced to listen, you know, in some ways, but it, similar to your story, Again, six years of just volunteering, giving your time, giving your energy, giving your focus, helping out these this program, and then it led to an uh, an, an opportunity at the and I don't know, I don't want to say in a more official level, but it was it was a more maybe established yeah um, with the high school. Uh, of course, I mean that's every educator. If if you're a coach, you want to coach at the high school level, mm -hmm. you know and. It came from me not even knowing um, that I was going to have that opportunity. I was coaching football at the time. My sister was about to graduate um, high school. She was a senior in high school. So I didn't know where the volunteering was going to lead me. Mm -hmm. um, I pretty much did it for her, right. you know, and like you said, unpaid for six years, just this young kid who enjoyed doing what he did. Yes. But studying the game for six years and the lessons I learned about coaching kids and the lessons I learned, uh, you know, game management on the court mm -hmm. and for Rhonda to approach me and offer me this position. And, you know, it's a stipend, small stipend, but you're still getting paid to do what you love. Wow. I was like, really? You, mm -hmm. can, you can get paid for doing this? <laughs> you know, <laughs> even football. I was coaching football and, and I want to thank Ron Dirks for giving me mm -hmm. the opportunity out of college yes. to hire me as a high school football coach. I was doing what I loved, man. And, and, and I, I was doing for kids what my mentors and coaches had done yes. for me. And yes. we talked about that last time. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be that guy. Mm -hmm. And to get paid for it was an added bonus. Yes. I honestly would have done it for free right. in high school mm -hmm. because the teaching was my salary. I could have coached for free, but you know, I, you need a little bit of compensation for those hours you put mm -hmm. in yes. um, outside of the classroom. Then... Um I, I, I love the idea of volunteering. So it, 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 as we think about people tuning in, I, I want them to really grab this point, this, this idea of finding somewhere to volunteer. There's, and, and we talk about it when it comes to preparing our, our kids or the, the kids when they're in high school mm -hmm. for their college applications, those scholarships. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, but it's not just colleges and it's not just scholarships, but it's even the future job that you could be, 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 that could be at your fingertips in six years from now, four years from now, or who knows what opportunity will come forward, but the volunteering has to start now. It does. And giving back now. And like I told you before, uh, I got accepted to Notre Dame mm -hmm. um, coming out of high school and it was my community service. Mm -hmm. I think I, you know, I was doing some, some work outside of basketball with a youth group, uh, anti-drug, anti-gang group. And then you mm -hmm. had the coaching on top of that for a prestigious campus like Notre Dame to offer me a scholarship, wow. I think that went a long way mm -hmm. because that community service, you're doing it. I was doing something I loved. Yes. But when you give of yourself, not expecting anything in return, mm -hmm. you know, but just internal benefit, right. um, internal satisfaction is, it goes a long way. Mm -hmm. And I think schools like Notre Dame and, and employers start looking for that. Mm -hmm. And if you do something you love, you really don't get carried yes. or not. That's because right. That's not why you're doing it. Mm -hmm. But you never know where it's going to lead. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what you're getting at is 
what if it leads to greater opportunities? Yes. So don't worry about the pay. Don't worry about the uh, the uh, monetary rewards. It's all about the intrinsic reward. Mm-hmm. You know, and if if the intrinsic reward satisfies you and fulfills you, then you're 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 headed down the right path. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, so you did that. This, you, know, you went six years the volunteer level mm-hmm. then you were transitioning into this role at the high school level then how long did that last or, or what happened next in your I was basketball still volunteering. coaching journey yeah i was still volunteering um i was still running the the tribe um mm-hmm. the tribe program but funny story is that's actually how my wife and i met okay uh, I was coaching at her alma mater, Hanks High School, mm-hmm. and she was coaching at the rival high school. So Uh-oh. when she was a player at Hanks, she, her rival school was Eastwood. Well, mm-hmm. that's where she was coaching when I started coaching. Mm-hmm. And I remember her thinking I was very arrogant Uh-oh. when we first met. You? I, oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> hard to believe, right? But I thought the same of her. Isn't that funny? Okay. <laughs> because I knew of her name mm-hmm. coaching girls basketball. My, uh, at Hanks, mm-hmm. I knew who she was. I just had never met her or seen her. Mm-hmm. But she, to this day, still holds the assist record on that campus. Wow! Uh, I all I heard from all the coaches was how amazing that group with uh, Nikki, Marley, and Ronnie—that's mm-hmm. what she went by in high school. Um, how amazing they were walking that campus. Probably mm-hmm. the best group, one of the best group of, of girls to come out of that campus mm-hmm. um, and lost by one point on a missed layup at the buzzer in the state playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all I ever heard. So when sure. I met her, you know, I was like, oh, the same arrogance she saw in me, you know, but she was coaching for the <laughs> rival. And that's how we actually met for the first time. Right. And, uh, you know, we obviously didn't like each other's arrogance. <laughs> but ironically, I went back to football the following year okay. because... I was only the interim Mm -hmm. that year because Mm -hmm. of the unfortunate situation that happened with a freshman coach that Veronica actually applied for that position and got the freshman job the following year. So, you know, her credentials were probably better than mine on that (laughs) campus. So uh, So you you applied for that role too and she applied? No, no, I didn't apply. I didn't apply because I, like I said, I didn't apply in the first place. It was something I was asked to do to help Mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I didn't expect to have that job the following year. But the fact that she was in that position, I was like, okay, <laughs> I remember her. <laughs> so, you know, one one uh, Saturday, she wasn't able to make a game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was asked to help out because mm-hmm. uh, I already had a, you know, a established a reputation there. And I went to one of her practices to kind of see what sets she ran and what mm-hmm. defense. And I got to see her again. And uh, I was able to coach her team. And it was just that one game. And uh, the following year, so fast forward to year three that I'm an educator, Mm -hmm. uh, Rhonda retired and Patty Mullaney takes over the program. And Patty asked me to come on her staff. Mm -hmm. Um, And I came on her staff that year. Um, But fast forward to year four, I was actually asked to make a decision. It was a crossroads for me because I was coaching both. I was a freshman head basketball coach uh uh, sorry freshman head football coach Mm -hmm. and i was about to get promoted to assistant varsity assistant Mm -hmm. on the girls basketball side but you can't kind of do both i mean if you're going to be a varsity assistant you have to commit you're the right hand for the head coach Mm -hmm. so i came to a crossroads Mm -hmm. you know i had to give one up I, i had to either give up basketball give up football and like i said destiny has has a funny way of working out because through much much debate of where my passion was and it was in both and 
I mean, I, I just had to weigh the pros, the cons, and, and I chose basketball. Mm -hmm. And that was in, holy cow, 2003. And here we are now, fast forward 16 years, and I'm very glad I made that decision. Mm -hmm. So if I understand this right, your volunteer journey of six years volunteering led you to having the opportunity to be able to have the role at the high school level, mm -hmm. which led you to meet your wife Yes. Which, again, I, I, when I think about people listening, I'm like, you know, I know we have some single people listening. They're like, hey, what do I got to do to, you know, to find the one? Yeah. You know, maybe you start volunteering. Maybe you start giving to your community and you hey. don't know the opportunities that will be opening up to you, including for you. I mean, you have an entire family that came from this. Correct. I met her in, golly, 2000. So I started teaching in 2000. That's when I coached. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, that year is when, I, when we met. But just met at a game, right? Coached mm -hmm. against each other. Um, the following year, I coached her team. The following year, um, she takes a varsity job at Riverside High School, mm -hmm. which is one of the rivals of my alma mater in okay. El Paso, which is mm -hmm. Isleta High School. And now she's the head coach over there. And I see her. So now I'm coaching JV. Mm -hmm. um, that's, you know three years removed from college mm -hmm. and I see her at her JV team. So she's not coaching the JV. She's the head coach, mm -hmm. but she's in the stands watching her JV team. Oh, and I okay. see her and I remember her and I go up to congratulate her, mm -hmm. you know, congratulate her on, on getting the head coaching job. And of course I'm happy because I get a basketball job at Hank's back. Mm -hmm. um, but we get to talking and I think we started dating that year. All we started right. dating that year and, and we, you know, we uh, have a family now and mm -hmm. it's crazy the way you see it, the way you saw it, because, yeah, if I don't ever volunteer at the age of 17 mm -hmm. to coach my sister because I feel like I'm her father figure yes. and feel that obligation. Mm -hmm. Do I meet Veronica? Wow. Right. Mm -hmm. Do I meet her four years later? Do we get married and build this wonderful family we have mm -hmm. now? That's my from journey. Volunteering. From volunteering. Yes. You know what I'm saying? From, I from love saying that. yes to Tony at, uh, for something I, I wasn't confident I knew how to do. Mm -hmm. yes. I, I, I had never coached basketball. I hadn't played high school basketball. Mm -hmm. I'm a big basketball fan. Mm -hmm. I'm, a, I'm a big basketball fan. I played junior high ball, but I became a student of the game. Man. And, yes. I, and you talk about volunteering and not getting paid for it. It was the opposite for me. I was investing so much time studying the game because I wanted to be the best coach. I didn't want to get on the court, roll out a ball, and and let the girls play mm -hmm. and not teach them the right way to play. Sure. And, you know, I became passionate about the X's and O's of the game. Mm -hmm. And not only was I not getting paid, I was spending money on literature, on videos, on wow, clinics, on right. coaching clinics. Mm -hmm. And I was a college student. Mm -hmm. So it was money I really didn't have, sure. you know. Um but look at where it led. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think, like I said, destiny has a funny way of leading you to, to where you have to be. Sure. And I mean, in my business, from a speaking and coaching perspective, it's a, that's the question that comes back often enough is, what are you doing to invest in yourself? Yeah. Because you have that in your journey. You were taking steps to, how can I grow as a coach? How can I invest in myself? Who can I learn from? What clinics can I go to? And, and that's what I'm trying to help people with in, in my world, which is, how can you be in a growth environment where whether you're reading from from people that, that can help you in your journey, whether you're watching them, whether you're around them, what can you do to put yourself in a growth environment? Because 
nobody's going to invest in yourself for you. Mm-hmm. you. We have to make that decision for ourselves. And I think you are a role model in that space. So you go from being the assistant varsity coach and then yes. what's what's next in that basketball coaching journey? So the head coaching position at my high school, at my alma mater opens up Uh-oh. in 2004. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, Veronica and I have been dating for a while. We're about to start a family. Uh, we've started a family, mm-hmm. actually. And I'm about to go get my master's degree, but I put in for the job. I just, nothing like going back to my alma mater where most of my girls, my 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 sister's team, where mm-hmm. most of them played high school ball, mm-hmm. right? Where I went to high school. So to go back to that gym where I had been cut at the age of 17, it was a crazy thought at the age of 13, I'm sorry. Sure. Crazy thought, but I put in for the job. Mm-hmm. I get it. Wow. I get the varsity mm-hmm. head coaching job at my alma mater to take over a girls program that's been struggling for a few years, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I believe in the last two years, it was less than 10 wins, more than 50 losses in the wow. two years combined. It, it's, a, uh, it's a challenge, but again, man, I, I've never been one to back down from challenges. Mm-hmm. I've never been one to be afraid of failure. Yes. Never. And, you know, I, I took the challenge when I got the, the job. It was one of the best days of my life mm-hmm. to go back home to my stomping grounds. Yes. To be the varsity girls coach. My group of, of girls that I started um, Cobra Warriors, Wildcats, and Tribe with had mm-hmm. just graduated a few years before that. Mm-hmm. So, but but to go back and, and share in that community and give back to the community, mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't see it as a job. I saw it as giving back to where I was raised, mm-hmm. to where I grew up, to those, the halls where, you know, I was a successful football player and, and, to teach with my mentors, mm-hmm. the, the teachers who taught me who were wow, still on that campus. Right. It was a big turning point in my life, man. And I did that for six years. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first year, I, I, I still remember that we won 13 games and lost 18. Which from before, how was that? You said it was 10 I, losses, I, 10 wins a little over bit less two than years. 10 wins over two years, uh, between five and 10 wins and more than 50 losses. Got it. Yeah, so an average of about five and 25 record. So the 13 uh, and 18 is a is a dramatic improvement. Not to me, right? I'm oh, not to you. Okay. Everybody's uh-huh. telling me how great we did mm-hmm. and and how great the program did. And I'm thinking to myself, we're five games under 500. Mm-hmm. But I've always been hard on myself. Sure. You know, It's not that I've wanted more. It's just that 13 and 18 to me is still a losing record. Mm-hmm. You know, But again, I had to sit back and observe and listen to the people outside tell me what great of a job they had seen from these young ladies Mm -hmm. stepping on the court and the improvement they had shown in 13 wins. We had one more games in one year than the last two, three years combined. So I had to sit back and listen to that to keep me motivated Mm -hmm. to keep doing this Mm -hmm. because you feel like a failure. It's like, hey, we we still have a losing record. We we didn't accomplish our goal of being 500 my first year, Mm -hmm. which was our goal going in, win as many games as we lost. Um, but it made me more hungry. Yes. What what could I have done better as a coach to mm-hmm. help these young ladies be successful? Mm-hmm. I never wanted to hear, well, it's because you didn't have the talent or you didn't have this. I don't believe in those things, man. Mm-hmm. What could you have done to help those young ladies display mm-hmm. more talent on the court? Sure. Right. Those games that, that we lost, what could I have done different to, to win? I've always been that guy, though. Mm-hmm. Don't blame it on anybody else. Yes. Blame it on yourself. Mm-hmm. Reflect, 
on what you did, the job you've done, mm-hmm. and go back to the drawing board. Right. You know, and the next year we we did a lot better. We we had a, a winning record, still missed the playoffs, finished fourth in our district. Mm-hmm. But at that time, uh, in the early 2000s, UIL would only take the top three, not the top four. Mm-hmm. But year three, um, we make the playoffs. We wow. play for a by district championship. Nice. Yeah, year three, we have a winning record. We play for a by district championship. Unfortunately, we lost to a very, very, uh, you know, good program in, in the city. Mm-hmm. And uh, fourth year, we don't make the playoffs. So again, reflection time. Yes. Right. I, I had one senior on the team and uh, the group coming up the following year, which is my fifth year there, mm-hmm. is the junior high group I started with. So that's technically my group. That's the group that I, when I first got the job, we did camps with. Mm-hmm. We taught them our program our style mm-hmm. man we won over 20 games that year Whoa, we went 22 on. and we went 20 and 13 in the regular season and it was the first time since 1981 that isleta high school had a chance to win the district championship mm-hmm. um, they hadn't won district since 1981 uh, we play in the district championship and lose by five oh, it was devastating devastating it would have been the first district championship trophy on that campus on the girls side on girls basketball side at that time in 27 years Mm -hmm. uh 28 years and god it was heartbreaking so we play in by district and we play andrews high school same high school we played a couple years before that Mm -hmm. um and we lose by two oh two points to advance in the state playoffs but when it was all said and done, man, after six years of, of varsity coaching, I felt like I left that program in a, in a good state. Yes. You know, uh, was able to maybe we didn't accomplish the goal of district championships, mm-hmm. but we ended up sending five girls to play college basketball. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, that was a success in mm-hmm. six years. Five girls went and played college basketball. And uh, it was my alma mater. That's big time. Five, and, five playing college yeah, basketball. That's yeah. a big time. And it, and it was huge for us. It was huge mm-hmm. for our community, for our program. Um, we we made our name for ourselves again for Isleta High School. And, mm. you know, we left the competitive program back when we moved to San Antonio. After uh, that, in 2010, we just moved over here. So you said, all right, I'm done with coaching. I'm going to yeah, focus yeah. on other things. Or what, what was your thought process in, in going from El Paso to San Antonio? I got, my, coaching? I got my master's degree in 2006, and yes. I was still coaching. I coached for four more years. I, I, was, I got my master's. Because I knew I wanted to use it in the future, mm-hmm. um, but I never really intended to use it until I knew that my time was done. And in 2010, just kind of felt like I wanted to raise my family somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, and we moved to San Antonio and I put that master's to use by becoming an assistant principal. So I left the teaching and coaching in school. I left that behind and became an, an administrator. Mm-hmm. And then so coaching was done. Uh, coaching was done, man. I, I was done. I was done coaching. I was working mm-hmm. long hours. I moved here to be an administrator. I, uh, my, my daughter had gone through the El Paso tribe. So mm-hmm. I didn't tell you that, but my wife actually coached my daughter on the El Paso tribe. So the El Paso oh. tribe extended to my family now. And we left back a great group of, of young girls, uh, fourth grade girls. Uh, my wife did uh, as a head coach when we moved over here. So we were both done with coaching. It was time. Both, to, oh, both of you stopped coaching. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was time wow. to raise our, raise our kids and stop coach, coaching and put them on different teams. So, you know, my daughter gets on a basketball team locally. She gets on a soccer team locally. My sons start playing football 
and I'm just doing the school administration thing, right? Mm -hmm. For one year. And mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, my coaching days are done. I put in my time. This is 2010. I mean, it's what, you know, a long 16 years of mm -hmm. volunteering. I think I was done of coaching. But the following year, I get asked by my son's football coach to help out. So uh -oh. we switch organizations because they went from flag football to now playing tackle. So we mm -hmm. found an organization closer to home. And uh, the director of the organization actually re reaches out to me, finds out, you know, I was a, a high school football coach, reaches out to me to see if I want to coach. And I said, no, I, I don't. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I want to let my kids just sure. play. I don't want to play for dad. I've been there, done that. Did that with my sister. We did that with our daughter. You know, it's time for our boys to just grow up, man. Just let mm -hmm. let dad be dad. You and know, you're want, still a vice principal at this point. I'm a vice principal, you know. And, and, and there's probably not even a whole lot of time to. There isn't, you know, but you still have the weekends because I'm in middle school. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm a school administrator in middle school. So there's the occasional Saturday tournament or so, but I still have the weekends. I still have some evenings because now it's year two of administration. So now I know the the system, right? There was going to be a little bit of time and he knew what I did, but he said, oh, all of us have jobs, you know, just whenever you can become be an assistant. So he just oh. wanted me to help out. He didn't need me to be there full time. So I said, no, still don't want to do it. Still don't want to do it. Uh, took my kids to a football camp and he says, I need you on the staff and I need you. And I'm like, eh, maybe I can get back into football. Mind you, I hadn't coached football since 2003. Mm -hmm. So now it's, I'm eight years removed from coaching football mm -hmm. and watching my kids at these football camps, my two boys, I'm like, I still love this sport, man. Mm -hmm. My passion's still there. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I do want to go back and coach football. Wow. became a football assistant again. So came back, came back. <laughs> came back full circle. <laughs> now I'm doing it for my own kids. Mm -hmm. Started with my sister. Now I'm doing it for my own children. Wow. Right? Okay. How crazy is that? Mm -hmm. So you start coaching uh, football again. Now, do you come back to basketball then? Or, or what? what's that next step for you? I do. So I volunteer myself now to take over – so this organization that uh, the Junior Jaguars that I'm coaching with, I volunteered to pretty much run the winter basketball program because uh -huh. of my experience. You know, he finds out what kind of experience I had coming in in basketball. So he's gracious enough to allow me to be the t quote unquote director of the winter basketball program. But that's it. Winter. Just let's do it from, you know, December to February. It's mm -hmm. the break in between fall football and spring football. Mm -hmm. And I start coaching basketball and run the program. And we have a very successful recreational basketball program. And that's all it is. You know, my kids are four and six at the time. Mm -hmm. um, that's all I want to do is winter basketball. And we're coaching under the jet junior Jaguars. And I'm just the guy that's just doing it for three months. Mm -hmm. And it's wonderful. Yes. We're just doing it as a break, you know, in between fall and spring football, which my little boy was doing, and in between fall football and spring baseball, which my older boy was doing. So to us, it was to keep them active, and I knew what I was doing. You know, I had experience in basketball, and I start coaching again, and it's just fun at mm -hmm. that point. Mm -hmm. I'm coaching four, five, six, seven-year-olds. Like, my passion comes back yes. because it's teaching them the basics, how to dribble a ball, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, mm -hmm. beef. You know, balance, eyes on the target, elbow, follow through. I mean, I'm teaching basic, mm -hmm. basic fundamentals to a bunch of kinder, first, second graders, you know, mm -hmm. and, and my passion 
is reborn. Uh oh, yes, my passion <laughs> is reborn. I like that. <laughs> yeah, my passion was reborn. I was like, this, this isn't bad. I think I can still do this and be an administrator at the mm, same time. So, it, it is volunteering once again. Oh yeah, yeah. So, absolutely. okay, again, you're getting these principles here of um, how do I get my passion to, re- to to how do I have my passion born again? You back into that volunteer role. Oh yeah, and using your gifts because you have you you clearly have the leadership gift. But then you're using that leadership gift to volunteer. And I, and I think that's a principle for anybody listening in. That's a principle of what am I gifted in? For you, it's leadership. For me, it's speaking. Mm-hmm. It's how can I use that in the community to volunteer? And you'll see that, that passion revive. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. what happened. That's what happened. I realized I couldn't get away from it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now it's my, my kids, you know, and I'm coaching my boys. And, and I mean, who better really to, to be a part of that and not miss out? Mm-hmm. On, on them growing up to do for Caden and Ian what my father didn't do for me. Wow. Right. So not only was my passion in volunteering reborn, um, I've been a lifelong volunteer, man. That's all I've ever known. Mm-hmm. But the passion of doing for my boys what wasn't done for me by mm-hmm. my father mm-hmm. to be that dad. So right. not only was it the the volunteer passion, it was the God, thank you for the opportunity to be for them what my father wasn't for mm-hmm. me. I taught them, man. I, yes. I started them in T-ball when we were in El Paso before we moved here mm-hmm. to teach them the, you know, and the baseball coaches out there will laugh at me, but to teach them the alligator, to get the glove down and scoop it up with your, with your, with your non-glove hand, mm-hmm. call it the alligator and teach them the skateboard. To the, I mean, those were the fundamentals I was teaching. Oh, right, right. But I taught my sons that that my father never really mm-hmm. did, you know? And I bring up that terminology because, you know, teach them at their level, yes, you know, and to teach them alligator skateboard and they learn mm-hmm. and they get old and now they know how to scoop and turn mm-hmm. and, and throw. Uh, you know, I, I love baseball, never have been a baseball coach, but coaching those years in T-ball, it, it, it's a blessing. I've never seen it as a responsibility. It's been more of a blessing of being able to coach my mm-hmm. own kids, to, to do for them what my dad yes. did for me and teach them how to throw a ball, how to catch a pass, how to throw a football, how to catch a football, mm-hmm. how to shoot a basketball, how to dribble it. Yes. I've been their basketball coach their whole life. So wow. those things to me fulfill me, mm-hmm. fulfill my destiny. Yes. I'm going to look back at this one day and say, I, I don't have regrets. Come on. Yeah. I like that. And there's uh, something about legacy that comes to my mind because there's an element of our legacy that we're, passing on what was done for us. But then there's also a part of your journey that's, I'm going to create a new legacy. That My dad didn't give me this legacy. He didn't pass this on to me. But I'm going to create something new so that when my kids look at me, they're going to be able to go, my dad gave me the example to follow as a dad. They were there for me. He was there for me. He supported me. He invested in me. He taught me. All of those things are now what your children can say about you. And now they have the example to give to their children. You know, I, I grew up in public housing, man, and I grew up with a dad who made the wrong choices. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my peers in that in those projects that I grew up with mm-hmm. on the streets, they made the wrong choice. Well, they took what they learned at home, and they became that person. Wow! They went to jail. They mm-hmm. became the wife beater. They became the drug addict. Mm-hmm. They got shot and killed. Um, I was blessed. To yes. not make that decision and mm-hmm. take the different route and teach my kids, this is who I grew up 
this is not how you're going to grow. That's right. This is how I grew up, but not you. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to make excuses of my father. A lot of times my dad would make the excuse of, I never had a father. He never did. He never mm -hmm. met his dad. Mm -hmm. So why did you do that to me then? That's right. Mm -hmm. why, what gives you the right to do to me mm -hmm. what was done to you? Mm -hmm. Right? So I broke the cycle. Yes. And a lot of times as, as, as humans, it's really tough for us to break the, the cycle. Mm -hmm. And I'm not judging anybody. It's the twists and turns that life gives us. Right. The opportunities I've told you that I've been given have been blessings. Mm -hmm. Somebody like Don Wooten in school or Tony at this basketball tryout mm -hmm. saw something in me, my teachers, my coaches, that maybe they didn't see in my dad when he mm -hmm. was growing up. Right. Right. And they've blessed me. They've given me these blessings to a point where now I can be this person to my yes. kids. But it's that cycle, man. It's the mm -hmm. cycle that that a lot of people have a tough time breaking. Mm -hmm. But there's got there's got to be one. You can't just keep making excuses. I'm part of this cycle. Mm -hmm. That's an excuse. Mm -hmm. Do something about it. Come on. You know, That's right. And, and it's, yes. it's a fighter's mentality. Mm -hmm. You got to have it. Mm -hmm. You got to have it. And, and, and you're going to get your bumps and bruises and. And it's the fear of failure. This is all I know. All I know is is the drugs and the gangs and the wife beating and 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 all mm -hmm. these things. So that's who I'm gonna be. Yes, because that's all you know. Right. No, I, I'm gonna try to be somebody else. Mm -hmm. And if I fail, like I got cut from my high school basketball team, it's okay. That's right. Right now, mm -hmm. let's find what's positive and let's pursue. Mm, yes, I heard this line. It said that in life, you will either be someone's inspiration or someone's excuse. Yeah, and I I believe. Every single person in around us, you know, whether they were older than us, they're either going to be, they could be an inspiration to us or an excuse. But who I, I want to be, you know, who I'm seeing you, you are, you are an inspiration to people going, you had, you had the, uh, an excuse you could have used. Oh, well, that's the way my, my dad was. Yeah. So then I'm going to go ahead and follow that example, but going, no, no, no. There are some examples in our lives that are not to be followed. They're to be avoided yeah. and to be aware of which or which is a, it's a vital tool of discernment of going, this right here is not something I want to be like. I want to be different. And it's similar for mine. You know, I, I had a podcast. We talked about going through my dad's passing, which was a tough thing to go through. But truly, he wasn't really there anyway. And, and I always want to have respect for him and, and honor for him. But I also don't want to sugarcoat and make it seem like he was bigger or better than he was. Because there was many, many times um, he just wasn't there, period. Yeah. And and you can't sugarcoat it. You know, I, I forgive my father. Exactly. I talk to him to this day. You know, I don't feel sorry for him. Mm -hmm. I don't. <laughs> mm -hmm. He made his choices. That's right. Um, and you're right. It was, I could have used the excuse. And I grew up in that environment. I grew up in the shootings, the mm -hmm. gangs, mm -hmm. the drugs. I was offered all the time to join. And the the mentors I had around me, my teachers, the academics, the success I was facing, you know, on the football field, that was my gang. My football team was my gang. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm so passionate when I coach because it's not about the wins and losses. Mm -hmm. It's about the environment, the structure. Yes. This might be somebody's future. Mm -hmm. This might be the way somebody who is is feeling down and out emotionally, mm -hmm. this might be their way out. They right. might look forward to basketball practice every day. Mm -hmm. I don't think my coaches knew that in high school, that football was my gang. Mm -hmm. Those Friday night games, that's where I let it all out, man. Mm -hmm. I was a, a defensive back, just mm -hmm. hitting people. Right. Um, that was my outlet, mm -hmm. you know, and and it's it's great. It was great for me. 
you know, and, but we just have to get to that point where I, I'm not going to make the excuse of right. not having brothers and the mm-hmm. only dad I ever knew wasn't a role model. Mm-hmm. Let me be somebody else. And it's been a blessing for me. Mm-hmm. And that's why I started coaching again, yes. moving to San Antonio, because I was going to be that teacher for my boys. Yes, I love that. When you think about your coaching style, what sets you apart as a coach? Uh, teaching the IQ, I think, man. I, I think any of us can study the skills. Mm-hmm. I can pick up anybody can pick up a book and teach a drill. I think teaching the intangibles, mm-hmm. right? Um, every game after a win or loss, right? Yeah, I've always told the parents in my program this, and I've always told the players this. You learn more about yourself after a 30-point loss mm-hmm. than you do a 30-point win. Mm-hmm. However, after every game, we will huddle up, and each individual young man will have to tell me a positive and a negative. So if we just won by 30, mm-hmm. everybody's going to find a positive, right? Mm-hmm. Ah, coach, my passes were off the chain. <laughs> or, coach, my putbacks or mm-hmm. got the defense I played. Right, right, right. right, right. Those are, are going to take us 90 seconds to get through 12 kids, right? Sure. It's when I come around and say, what's your negative? Mm-hmm. And they look at me with a blank stare and I say, what do you have to work on? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we won by 30. But what during the game mm-hmm. did you not do well? Yes. That you need to improve on. Yes. Because to me, it's a learning experience. Mm-hmm. Same thing with a loss. Wow. Okay. Nobody wants to be lectured after losing by 30. Mm-hmm. Coach, we already know we didn't shoot the ball well. Coach, we already know we didn't defend well. Mm-hmm. Coach, we already know we had 20 turnovers. Yeah. Right? So all I do is, hey, here are the stats. Numbers don't lie. But now tell me, what's your negative? That one's easy. We lost by 30. Yep. Right? I turned the ball over too much. Mm. I didn't play defense. I didn't slide my feet. I didn't chase the ball on mm-hmm. the rebound. We didn't get the, to the 50-50 balls, right, right. right? It's when you get to the positive and they look at you with a blank stare and say, we just lost by 30. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a kid who rarely plays in closed games looks at you and tells you, I was, I gave you positive minutes. I gave mm-hmm. the team positive minutes. Mm-hmm. I went in there and gave, man, you just lost by 30. And you gave us positive minutes. Yes. That's huge. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by positive minutes? I went in there, maybe I didn't score, mm-hmm. but I got three rebounds, coach. I got an assist. I got a steal. I got two deflections. And that's how individual players grow, mm-hmm. right? To me, I think what separates me as a coach for the last 25 years is not the wins and losses, not the trophies. You know what we do with trophies? And, and this is great. And I think that's why kids love playing for us at every level is after we win a trophy, when we win the league championship or win a tournament, the kids get to vote on the player of the tournament. Mm -hmm. And that kid gets to take the trophy home. Okay. Right. And Mm -hmm. that's special for them. Mm -hmm. Right. Because as a coach, I would keep all the trophies Mm -hmm. when I first started. Right. It was was my, hey, these are (laughs) are the trophies that I helped helped my my team to. Uh And then after a while, my, wife helped me realize like where the heck are you gonna put all this <laughs> and they start collecting dust and then they break right. and they move uh-huh. and i'm like what are these trophies for what am i doing with them mm. i've already known what i've done for for these kids sure trophy says nothing but it means a lot to that kid man to be the mvp at a mm. young age to know my team and my coach believes that the effort that i 
put out there yes. was recognized. Mm. And they take these wonderful trophies home. So I think what separates me is I'm passionate, but I think every coach is if mm -hmm. not, he wouldn't be doing mm -hmm. it. But teaching the game, mm -hmm. teaching the IQ. Yes. You know, and I think what triggered me one time was what triggered me to to realize that about me, because mm -hmm. you always have to hear it from somebody else, I think. Mm -hmm. I'm not a guy that's gonna give myself a lot of credit. My son, my 12-year-old, this year tried out for a pre-EYBL, EYBL being Elite Youth Basketball League. And this team was out of Arizona, mm -hmm. and they were playing in Los Angeles, and I took him to the tryout. They invited him to the first tournament in L.A. Mm -hmm. We made the expense to go out there, and I get to be a dad for the first time in a long time. <laughs> I'm sitting in the stands, and I'm, I'm, I'm observing, right? Mm. And I'm watching my son play. And to me, he struggled, mm. right? Because to me, what he's been taught, I expect him to go off and mm -hmm. score and, mm -hmm. and like create for himself, right? Create his own shot and, mm -hmm. you know, uh, move and cut. And ideally, you're like, oh, I've taught him all this, right? Right, right, right. Uh, he didn't, you know, mm -hmm. but he played a lot. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, interesting. So I come back home and the head coach reaches out to me and says, hey, I want some feedback. What do you think? And I said, I uh, think my son struggled, man. I don't know mm -hmm. if he's ready for this level, right? To be mm -hmm. traveling at this age. And, and he's like, I completely disagree. He's like, there's four kids out of the 10 that really impress me. And let me be honest with you, coach, the 30 point scorers, the Dukes, Kentuckys, Louisville's of the world, they already know who those are mm -hmm. at the sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade level. Wow. He's like, your son, what was impressive is the minute he set foot on the basketball court to practice with us, the first day, his IQ was off the charts for mm -hmm. a kid his age. Mm -hmm. He knows how to play the game. And I'm like, well, that's great because I've been his coach since he was four. Mm -hmm. So to me, it told me it, it really was the first time I heard from somebody else that it's more than teaching skill. Mm -hmm. It's teaching IQ. Yes. IQ being the knowledge of the game. Mm -hmm. And not to pat myself on the back, but it told me, hey, that's just as important because LeBron James needs a support. LeBron James needs a supporting cast That's right. to win the championship. That's right. Zion Williamson needs a supporting cast to be successful, mm -hmm. right? And he said it. He said the Zions of the world. There's there's one of those. Right, right, <laughs> right. It's mm -hmm. the supporting cast. The guys who are going to pass him the ball, rebound, score six, eight, ten points a game, mm -hmm. right? And it led me back to my daughter, who's now playing college soccer. And my wife and I coaching her as she was growing up. And the reason her high school coach loved her, I mean, my daughter, man, Taylor would score two, four points. We were lucky if she averaged four points mm -hmm. her senior year. But she was the ultimate lockdown defender. Mm -hmm. Ultimate. Mm -hmm. Started every game, played the majority of the minutes. Because to her, it was if I get a layup and a jump shot, that's an extra four, six points that I contributed to my team mm -hmm. that helped us win. Mm -hmm. Right. But my role on this team is to be the lockdown defender and guard the best player on the other team. Right. And I think that gets lost in translation, not just in basketball, in other sports mm -hmm. and in the work environment mm -hmm. and oh, in organizations. Yes. What's my role? Mm -hmm. There's only one president. There's only one CEO. Right. There's only one vice president. Mm -hmm. How not only how do I get to that level, because mm -hmm. ultimately you got to have goals, but how do I help that individual yes. look good? If mm -hmm. I can help that individual be successful right. and the company successful, mm -hmm. 
people are going to notice me. Right. And they did. Mm -hmm. She made first team all district as a lockdown yes. defender. And yes. I think it gets lost in translation that as the kids get older, they need all the stats mm -hmm. on the stat sheet. That's incorrect. Look at the NBA now. And it's not all about stats. It's about that, mm -hmm. that you know, player who, who can go out there and do the Bruce Bowens of the world. I have a right. lot of respect for Bruce Bowen, mm -hmm. man. And mm -hmm. if Bruce scored 10 points a game, it was great. Mm -hmm. But his job was to be the lockdown D guy. Right. The three and D guy. That's right. You know? Mm -hmm. And I admire him mm -hmm. a lot because of that. Because there's a lot of Bruce Bowens out there. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Uh, you hit so many great principles. I almost want to chop it all up. <laughs> I, I know, again, you know this, but... But um, I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna come back to roles because okay. I think there's like something great to touch on. But I also loved what you said about the debrief you have after wins and losses. Yeah. And um, and we we hear like even like the the elite guys they, they study game tape. Yeah. There's like this reflection or what can I have done to improve. But I love how you're capturing that principle and giving it to the youth uh, the, with the teams you work with and asking and wins or losses. What's the positive? What's the negative? Because in a win, I can always get better. Mm -hmm. With the loss, there are great lessons. And there's still something good even in the worst of time. Those are life principles, right? They are. They are. And, you know, we played a, a great team in Houston. We went to Houston a few months ago. Mm -hmm. And I took two rosters, man. Both same age. Mm -hmm. Both teams got to play this, this team out of Houston. And one team lost by 30 and the other team lost by 55. And both times, mm -hmm. the owner of the other group, which mm -hmm. rarely happens came up to me and said, what a great job these kids did. And if they stayed together, they were going to be very successful and do great things. He told you this. He told me this. Okay. Shaking hands, right? When mm -hmm. we shake hands after the game, I stepped aside and I said, would you mind please sharing that with my boys? Because anytime you lose by 55 or 30, and it's because you just didn't have the size or the speed or you're, mm -hmm. I mean, let's face it. Everything's about growth, right? Mm -hmm. Next time you play this team, so first time you play this team, you lost by 30. The goal next time should be to lose by less mm -hmm. until you can beat them, mm -hmm. right? Right. Uh, not, hey, let's add a player to help us beat them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> let's get better ourselves right. to beat these guys. So for him to say that after beating you by that much, mm -hmm. it told me, okay, he sees what I see. He sees the growth, the development, yes. the, 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 the IQ. Mm -hmm. Just the physical ability is not there yet, but that's going to come. I mean, these are kids, right? Mm -hmm. So he approached my huddle yes. and spoke to the kids and wow. told them the same thing he told me. Mm -hmm. That went a long way because mm -hmm. he did not have to do that. Mm -hmm. He didn't even have to tell me that. Sure. Right? He could have walked off the court because I'm sure he beats a lot of teams. And that that tournament, they ended up winning. Mm -hmm. And the least they won by was 20, mm -hmm. you know? So he didn't have to share that. And for him to tell that to our kids, I think that's part of the growth process. Mm -hmm. And that tells you as a coach, and it's that IQ. It's the 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 they. It's just that physical ability. That consistency is still not yes, there. Yes, you know what I'm saying. But as mm -hmm. they get older, it'll be there. Mm -hmm. But I, it, it speaks about you and your maturity and your security in self. In that you are willing to have the coach that just beat you give a word of encouragement and uplift your team. In any leader of a church or organization, they have guest speakers come in yeah. because there's something about a different perspective from a new voice, from a new person that will help the group to unlock potential like nothing else will. So there's something I think I respect that about you is you're, you're, you're like, you know, th this message comes better from someone else and I'm going to have someone else give this message and it's going to go a long way. 
does it it happens to parents all the time man. yes you know i'm a father of three uh -huh. and you can tell your kid the same thing over mm -hmm. and over right and then tell the next kid the same thing you told that kid a year ago mm -hmm. over and over uh -huh. and then tell your third kid <laughs> see where i'm getting with this right and until somebody a coach a coach or a teacher mm -hmm. or a principal or an assistant principal mm -hmm. or a parent of another kid mm -hmm. tells your kid the same exact darn things you've been saying right, for years, right, right. and it clicks and you and your wife look at each other like isn't that what we did <laughs> i think the same thing that's why i don't mind right. because it, it's like raising kids right mm -hmm. coaching is is you're a mentor Mm -hmm. You're a father figure in some mm -hmm. ways, right? It's the same thing. Is they you have been coaching these these kids for so long, they may tune you out. Mm -hmm. So let's let a new voice come in. Yes. I, and, and you talk, man. It's not about me. It's That's about right. these kids. That's right. You know. And if, mm -hmm. if the minute he said that, I said, "Can you please?" I mean, do you not mind coming and sharing uh -huh. that? Because uh -huh. I think I get tired of saying it. They get tired of hearing it. Mm -hmm. Coach, we just lost by thirty. Stop patronizing us. Mm -hmm. I'm not patronizing you. Mm -hmm. Believe. Yes. It's a process. Mm -hmm. It's not about the trophies and the wins and losses. Nobody is going to ask on a college resume and no division one coach is going to say, how did you do in that seventh grade local tournament mm -hmm. that you played when you were 13? Right. I, I seriously doubt it. Mm -hmm. the, the coaches that, that are recruiting these kids already know their statistics. Mm -hmm. That's why they're getting recruited. Right. They want to know about the character. Yes. The, growth, the perseverance. Mm -hmm. How is this kid off the court? Mm -hmm. How does this kid deal with adversity? Mm -hmm. And I think when you let a different voice come in and, and, and say the same exact things you've been saying, yes. they're like, okay, coach, coaches may be right. Mm -hmm. right, <laughs> you right. Know? So, yeah, I mean, that, that was a big moment for me, man. Big and it, it's, it's, it's just like it. parenthood. It's like you, you always need that outside voice to yes. tell your kid the same thing you've you been do. preaching because they're going to listen to somebody That's right. else. I, I love everything you're saying. And, and I think one principle um, to circle back, right, to – even the the debrief. I think I did, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of the debrief. My wife and I are big fans <laughs> of the debrief. We'll have like we're going to double date or we'll go have have time with a friend and we'll debrief afterward. Like, hey, how was that? Like, the, it is, and we'll have some great reflection time. But for people professionally, I think it's a great thing for them to ha have this time, whether it was a great victory or a great loss in their life, to learn the most you can from it, to maximize the experience. If I lose, I want to maximize my loss. If I win. I want to maximize my win. You know, I'll go back. I'll go back and listen to this podcast, and I'm going to go. How can I have done better as a host? How can I have showcased you? What questions could I have asked? How can I improve? And I'm, I hope to be having that mentality for the rest of my life. Of whether it was a great one or it wasn't a great one, um, I want to learn the most I possibly can from the experience. And that's going back to what separates me, what makes me different. That's mm -hmm. it. Because as a business owner. Right. If if I lose a client for whatever outside yes. circumstance, I used to take it personal, mm -hmm. very personal. Mm -hmm. I thought they were leaving me because of me. Mm -hmm. I always asked them, what could our agency have done better to keep your business? Mm -hmm. Your business is very valuable to us because also what if that client circles back around? And mm -hmm. I'm trying to teach these kids the same thing is don't take failure as the end all be all. Mm -hmm. Learn from it. Yes. So that you can be better next time. That's right. You know? Mm -hmm. And even even in a... Man, I've heard this from kids who don't get a lot of playing time sometimes. 
and, and we try to get every kid. This is a develop. It's it's a it's a grassroots program. Mm-hmm. So we try to get kids in there. But there's a, a tight game, maybe a two point game, where a kid might have not played a lot, not sure. enough, uh, in their eyes, and their positive is, I was a great teammate. Wow. When my teammates were coming off during timeouts, mm-hmm. I was the first one up shaking their hands. Yes. During our run, the run that we made in the second half, I was up. And, you know, I had to teach them that because a couple years ago, you know, you go around the, the the huddle and it becomes very uncomfortable as a coach when you're talking about what's your positive and you're about to come upon a kid you didn't put in the game mm-hmm. at all. At all. And the team would kind of dead silent, right? Mm-hmm. Coach didn't put him in. Why is he asking him about his positive? Mm-hmm. So I had to teach them being a great teammate is just as important as contributing to the cause. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? Yes. You learn more from watching your position, who's in front of you, mm-hmm. who's playing your position, sit, be a spectator, and learn the skills, yes. learn why that kid's playing ahead of you. I love be this. a great teammate. Yes. And I think that's a lesson. It's not about the wins and losses, man. If these kids go play at the next level, great. If mm-hmm. not, what kind of citizens am I developing? Mm-hmm. What kind of employ being a business owner to me, I'm very passionate too about building the workforce of tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I think if you learn at a young age, okay, I'm 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 the assistant to the assistant, but what is my role to the assistant? to help the vice president get this company to where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Because now a lot of the workforce is, well, if I don't move up within six months, I'm leaving the company. Wow. Really? Well, it, it might take longer than six months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and let's reflect on, and a lot of people don't take critique well mm-hmm. at work, mm-hmm. right? Bosses are afraid to coach employees because Uh-oh. of grievances, right? And And to me, if we teach them at a young age, hey, maybe you didn't get in the game. Maybe you made mistakes, but let's learn from that for yes. the next time. And let's teach you a different aspect of being part of a team. Mm-hmm. Because not everything, we only have one point guard on the court at the same time. Right. So as the third string point guard, what is your positive in that game? Mm-hmm. And now kids know that if I get to you and you only played for 30 seconds, either give me the best positive that you can think of in those 30 seconds mm-hmm. or in the time you sat on the bench. Wow. Okay. I, I think... Um, a lot there to unpack. Uh, I think you, you captured about roles earlier, but you kind of came back to that. And I think it's just a great thing for us to always learn. In, in, in my world, as a speaker, I, I try to tell people, I, I try to help people that same principle because we all have different functions and gifts and strengths. And my strength isn't your strength. Your strength isn't my strength. And that's okay. And that's good. But as opposed to trying to compete, you know, compete with one another, <laughs> how can we complete? one another collectively. And uh, so it, it, it helps where, you know, and I, I'm grateful for the opportunities I get to be able to speak publicly often. But for that event, there's only one speaker, you <laughs> yeah. know? So we can't all be the speaker all the time. And many, to- many events I go to that I'm not the speaker and yeah. I'm simply listening and learning from the person who's there. And I'm asking myself, how, how can I use some of what they're doing to add to my game of speaking, but that's the same thing you're teaching the kids is maybe you're not in the game right now and it's, and it's okay, but what can you learn from when, what's being done on the court and add that to your game? And that's what's helped me be successful. So I'm just, I'm just relaying to them, man, what, what I've learned mm-hmm. in the last 
I can't tell you how old I am. <laughs> From the last X number of years, right? Um, what is it that I've learned? And I want to pass that on to these kids. Besides the X's and O's and teaching them how to play. Yes. The intangibles, mm. the IQ, the being a good teammate so that you are the best employee and you said it roles. And you, it's impressive, right? Where you're successful, you're going to do great things. But right now you're, hey, let me learn from mm -hmm. why did they get the gig and I didn't? Exactly. What, what can I learn from, from this? You know, and I don't claim to be the best insurance agent. So what can I learn from other insurance agents mm -hmm. that are going to help me get to where I need to be ultimately, yes. right? In my business. Mm -hmm. uh, what challenges have you faced with the parents? Uh, you know, man, none, right? I mean, none, perfect none at all whatsoever. <laughs> you know, I, I think you laugh because you've asked this question from other, <laughs> other people in the past, right? Mm. Uh, any challenge that I expect? I mean, nothing unexpected. Mm -hmm. Honestly, that that's a great question. But mm -hmm. um, I think the toughest one, and it's not, it's not because of me. It's because of the child. I think it's the unreasonable expectations. Mm -hmm. I think not seeing the big picture is the big challenge mm -hmm. is not being on the same page, right? Where a parent has a vision of their kid that as a coach, I don't, or mm -hmm. my assistants don't. Right. Um, we have a 24 hour rule and we have it for a reason because the adrenaline's rushing on both sides and mm. we don't want a parent to say something they're going to regret or a coach to say there's something. Wow. Say something they're okay. going to regret. Yeah. Uh, some parents don't follow that. D tell me more about uh, what do you mean 24 hour rule? What is so it? the game ends at, you know, eight o'clock on a Friday night. Let's wait until Saturday night, Sunday, Monday, at least 24 hours. So Saturday mm -hmm. night would be the earliest that I would expect. And 24 hours is being you know, not exactly 24 sure, hours. Right, right, right. Game ends on Friday at eight, maybe Saturday at two. Everybody's mm -hmm. cooled off. To me, the rule is just cool off. Yes. Analyze. Ask your kid. The question you're going to ask the coach, mm -hmm. which 75% of the time is, why didn't you play? Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. I'm sure the kid will tell you why they didn't play or why are you on this roster and not this roster, right? Mm -hmm. We're so caught up on A, B, C, right? Mm -hmm. A team, B team, C team. We get so caught up on that. Let's ask the kid first. So I, mm -hmm. I think the challenge is have a conversation with your child and have reasonable expectations and if there's still an issue, then mm -hmm. all three of us talk. Why is it why is it coach or director and parent when the child should be part of that? Oh wow. Because we have to teach the child to be vocal. And we have to ask, do you feel the same way? Uh-oh. Because ninety-five percent of the time the child's gonna say, I didn't work hard at practice. Coach told me to hustle and I didn't. Mm. Parent doesn't know that because they dropped the kid off, came back two hours later to pick him up. Wow. Right. So I think it's unreasonable expectations and it's, mm. it's, it's very few parents. Mm. I'm very, very blessed with the parents we have. Um, I really am, but I think it's a culture you establish mm -hmm. that when the, the rumor gets out that tryouts are coming up, that parents are going to ask, well, how is he, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. that that parent is honest. Dude's a good coach. If your kid does what he's supposed to do and we support the program, your kid's going to be fine and mm -hmm. he's going to learn the game of basketball. Sure. We have to be on the same page. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the challenge. The challenge is when a parent is on a different page, sometimes mm -hmm. even a different chapter, man. <laughs> if, if a parent is on a different chapter than the, the director or coach of the team or organization, mm -hmm. 
what are we doing to that child? I think mm -hmm. that child, it, it's they're gonna be they're not gonna be successful. Mm -hmm. We're setting them up for failure, right? Because who are they gonna side with? The people they live with, right? Mm -hmm. So when there's not, and that's a big challenge is how do you get a parent to communicate verbally, not with a 500 character text. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why you laugh because, and, and a lot of coaches out there, I'm sure thinking the same thing I'm thinking right mm -hmm. now is mm -hmm. why don't we pick up the phone and have conversations on, nowadays? Right, right. I'm a texter. Mm -hmm. I hate to talk on the phone, mm -hmm. but if I'm, if I'm about to send a 500 character text <laughs> yeah, I, and I don't want that to come back to me, mm -hmm. right? right? I'm right. going to pick up the phone sure, and, and call because number one it's very informal mm -hmm. right. <laughs> you know but I, i'm talking you know which text i'm talking about right and, and i'm like let's just pick up the phone and talk because mm -hmm. i think you know a lot get a lot gets lost in text messaging or in an email mm -hmm. where i think there's a lot of fear now about well i can't pick up the phone and call because you know what if i'm wrong and I don't mind. Tell me what you have a problem with. Let's talk about it because it's your child's success that's mm -hmm. at stake. Mm -hmm. And there's parents that that won't do that, that just won't talk. Mm -hmm. And instead, they don't like something about your program. They tell their kid what they don't like about their program. Their kid's struggling at practice, struggling in a game. And it, you know it's because you don't see eye to eye. Mm -hmm. And that child's in the middle. Wow. You know, so that's a big challenge, man. I, I think that's what it comes down we to. We may need to do a parenting podcast on the coaching we may need to see the chop that one up hey, I think you, you bring a group of coaches in here and, and they'll tell you the same thing and, <laughs> and i think and i think it comes down to hey you're the parent mm -hmm. that's your child right you are ultimately responsible for that child's success mm -hmm. it takes a village to raise a child yes and if we're not on this what is why aren't we on the same page mm -hmm. let's talk about it mm -hmm. but it's when you don't want to talk about it right and, and and you won't call the coach or the coach reaches out to you and you don't call back and mm -hmm. you just text, hey, I'm busy right now. Sure. And there's never a conversation before the next game. You're right. I think there needs to be a podcast on that because we need to have reasonable expectations for my kids. I told you about my son and I thought I had taught him to be the best offensive player on any team, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I knew he wasn't. But you, you think you've taught him all these skills and, mm -hmm. and tactics and moves and shots and, you know. And then he gets on a team and he scores two points mm -hmm. in, in 20 minutes. And you're like, hey, you forget there's more to it than that. Right. Right. And, 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 and you have to have a conversation with that coach and you guys have to give feedback to each other. Mm -hmm. Right. And, I, and I've grown in that arena is giving feedback to a parent mm -hmm. also mm -hmm. so that they know, hey, we're on the same page and I just want to make sure we are. Right. X, Y, Z is what your son's got to work on to get to the next mm -hmm. level. Wow. Um, again, I think again, consider this your your official invitation for the parenting, <laughs> coaching, parenting podcast. Um, maybe maybe next one we can man. do. <laughs> I'd be more than happy. But um, I'm not an expert, but I but, have a lot to share. You have a lot of experience. I have a lot of and, experience, and that experience can help so many people in a lot of arenas. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm a parent myself, and I'm I'm a dad on the baseball field, soccer field. Never coached those two sports, and I've I've had to take the back seat. I've had to be the guy to communicate. Mm -hmm. We have had to be the parents to send my daughter when she had a problem with her soccer coach. Go talk. To, have you talked to your coach? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, go talk to your coach. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go talk to your coach. You're a freshman in high school, honey. Mm -hmm. 
You're a sophomore in high school. Mm-hmm. You go talk Come to on. your coach. Hey. You go ask your coach right. the questions you're asking me. Mm-hmm. You go share your frustration with your coach. Mm-hmm. You are a young adult. Wow. And when you teach your kid to be verbal, to communicate for themselves, mm-hmm. right? I, that goes a long way. Yes. You're teaching them accountability. Mm-hmm. And, it, and your coach is going to tell you to your face why you didn't play or what you need to work on, mm-hmm. right? And until we have to get involved, mm-hmm. we won't get involved. If I feel like you're doing my child wrong mm-hmm. and you're dealing with their emotions and self-esteem and it's a self-esteem issue mm-hmm. and it's affecting the household, then the parents need to intervene. Sure. But it's why didn't why did my daughter not play or mm-hmm. why does she not play more than this other player or why isn't she going on on this trip with this team or mm. why wasn't she put on this roster? Right. That's not my conversation mm-hmm. to have. That's my child's conversation right. to have. Now, let me let me let me challenge something you said. You said um, you're not the expert. I appreciate your modesty. <laughs> but if you're not the expert, I don't know who is. Because you got the master's degree, you got the uh, vice principal experience, you got the teacher experience, you got the coaching experience, you got the volunteer coaching experience. If you're not the expert, you have the parenting experience. I have a lot so, to offer. Yeah, if, if you're not, uh, um, you're going to have to introduce me to who the expert is. Hey, but, um, there's I, somebody out there. <laughs> but, but I have a lot to offer. I may not be the expert, but I do have a lot to offer mm. in that arena. I really do. Well, great. Thank um, you. Thank you for that. I appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> so what's next for your basketball program? Uh, great question, man. So the, the tribe, the El Paso tribe... Uh, I didn't tell you this, but the Junior Jaguars, um, once the director left the organization, um, we went out on our own. I, I stopped coaching football. We started the Texas Tribe. We've been the Texas Tribe since 2016, um, and that phased in from the Junior Jaguars. So we went from being just a winter program to a year-round program. Mm-hmm. So I said, why not the Tribe? We were the Tribe. We started the Tribe. Mm-hmm. I have the logo, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we became the Texas Tribe. We've been the Texas Tribe for the last three years. We've grown from one. So the reason the Tribe started is my 12-year-old now, when he was nine, said he wanted to play year-round basketball. Mm-hmm. And my wife and I agreed he's probably the basketball player in the family. So I started his team. Then it grew to my older son, who's now going to be 15, wanting to play year-round. Wow. So it went to his team. Mm-hmm. Then it went to, hey, do you do other age groups? Mm-hmm. Uh, if I find somebody that's willing to coach, so we started. So we grew to about 60 kids wow. and sixth grade level, uh, sixth grade levels. Mm-hmm. That's what we've been for the last couple of years. First year, like I said, we were only the one team. My older son's team was just the recreational team. Well, come to find out, my soon-to-be 15-year-old now and, and and this is amazing, right? So my soon-to-be 15-year-old was just the kid. He was the starting quarterback and the utility baseball player, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Who hit top of the line, top of the lineup, somewhere in the top of the lineup forever. All of a sudden, in the last 12 months, he confronted us, and this was a difficult conversation, and said, If it's okay with you guys, I'm not going to do club baseball. Mm-hmm. I want to stick to basketball because that's what I want to pursue at the next level. Ah. This, this was his third sport, mind you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was tough for us because we always envisioned him being that baseball player in college, mm-hmm. possibly minor leagues, try out for the majors, mm-hmm, right? Because mm-hmm. he's he's that talented. Mm-hmm. He's that gifted. We had to take a backseat and say, it's not our dream. Mm-hmm. It's this kid's dream. Wow. So now 
his age group, wow, that's a big commitment, right? Because now this kid wants to play at the next level. So now I got two sons in the program that want to play at the mm-hmm. next level, mm-hmm. um, which is amazing. So we go all the way from uh, second and third grade all the way up to incoming ninth grade at, at this point. Mm-hmm. But ah, I don't know, man. I, I I woke up one day and, and these kids are getting older and there's just so much I can do. For me, it's never been about the brand. That's why Cobra Warriors, that's why Wildcats, that's why Tribe, that's why we became the Jaguars, right? Mm -hmm. Not about the brand. It's what you're teaching, the product you're delivering. Mm -hmm. So I reached out to Jeff Webster in Dallas. He is the owner of Nike Pro Skills, Mm -hmm. former college basketball player at Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. Great stats. Averaged 18.6 rebounds a game as a Sooner. Got Mm -hmm. drafted in the second round in by the Miami Heat in Mm -hmm. the NBA. Played professional basketball overseas for a while. After 10 years of doing that, he had a daughter. He decided to come back home to the States. Mm -hmm. He started a program called Pro Skills uh, back in 2002, and he started it as a training program, Mm -hmm. right? And the the name Pro Skills comes from he was a professional basketball player, Mm -hmm. and he was doing skills training. Right. So Pro Skills came about, and it evolved and morphed into this nike contracted eybl program Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. elite youth basketball league so there's only 40 programs in the country that are officially Mm -hmm. recognized Mm -hmm. as nike eybl teams Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. they have a contract with nike pro skills is one of the 40 one of the four and only one of four in texas so you know, I, I, I know uh, Coach Roy Jones in Austin, mm-hmm. who him and I had done some work together uh, with another organization. And I reached out to Roy and I s- talked to him about his venture because he became Pro Skills in Austin, started the chapter of Pro Skills in Austin. And he got me in touch with Jeff Webster. And I've been talking to Jeff. And in talking to Jeff, um, he has accepted the Texas Tribe we're going to phase it out mm-hmm. over the next several months, and we're going to phase in the San Antonio chapter of Nike Pro Skills. Mm-hmm. Um, what does that mean for our kids mm-hmm. is a lot of things, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jeff's network across the globe, just having played professionally, mm-hmm. having been a Division One basketball player. Um, he's been around since 2002. Um, the actual Nike Pro Skills team program, the EYBL program, has been a part of it for about nine to thirteen. In that time frame, he has sent over two hundred kids to division uh, to college bas- to play college basketball at all levels, not just Division One. Wow, 200? Over 200, two hundred, over two hundred, over two hundred opportunities to play college basketball from the product. from his program. Yes, he's so got- so he has the success that. Gives you the confidence to want to align with what he's doing. Exactly. Um, the blood, sweat, and tears I've put into the tribe, I mean, that means a lot to me, man. Mm. It, it was a lot of sacrifice, a lot of sacrifice, just sacrifice after sacrifice mm. that, that people don't see to build the Texas tribe brand. That is not easy for me to phase it out. What's your biggest motivation for doing that? Like, why would you give up a brand that you worked so hard for? Um, what I just told you you know it's it's the the national brand national mm-hmm. recognition yes that pro skills brings to san antonio mm-hmm. it's no longer 
the Texas tribe from North Central San Antonio. Mm-hmm. It's Nike Pro Skills chapter, San Antonio chapter, affiliated with the Dallas chapter. And, you know, man, it's a grassroots level program. Mm-hmm. And Jeff's goal, Roy's goal, my goal is to take over Texas. And we're not perfect. Mm-hmm. We're not perfect. Sure. Right. But to, ha- to have been chosen as the organization to evolve into the chapter of pro skills here in San Antonio mm-hmm. that has a great national recognition, national brand. Micah Peavy, who's a former San Antonio uh, ath- student athlete, he's in Dallas now. He plays for pro skills. One of 32 kids invited to this Nike elite camp in California. That's where he's at now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Micah's going to do some great things, man. And and he's a San Antonio product, mm-hmm. you know. And there's a lot of San Antonio products that have come through the EYBL circuit. Um, and just to, to be able to provide those opportunities because if I hold on to the tribe, it's about me. Mm-hmm. It's about my brand. It's right. about me. It's about Fernie Rizzo. It's about the Texas tribe, the maroon and black, right? Mm-hmm. The, our colors. I just woke up one day and said, it's not about that. It's not about the brand. It's about if one of my players grows to be six 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 eight six nine if if the 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 ball handle grows the the shooting becomes consistent to the point where this kid gets to play at the dukes the villanovas the virginias the the, mm-hmm. the big major division one cat schools mm-hmm. is they have the opportunity in dallas which is five hours away to now play for this pro skills eybl program mm-hmm. which we're a part of and we're all one big family mm-hmm. to me it's about family and yes. when jeff and i spoke about starting the chapter in san antonio i I love that the fact that he gave up on his career Mm -hmm. to raise his family and started a grassroots basketball program and said to me this is not my program Mm -hmm. it's our program yes you're the director in san antonio Mm -hmm. so we're about to embark on that journey and and it's it's just special man uh culver Number six draft pick in the NBA, played for Texas Tech, mm-hmm. um, pro skills kid. Oh, wow. You know. Um, so he has the brand recognition, the name recognition of people who have gone at really every level of the sport of basketball. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's because of him, the product he puts out there, the flexibility he gives us as directors, Roy Jones in Austin, mm-hmm. myself here in San Antonio. We're a big family. Mm-hmm. This is the Nike Pro Skills family. This isn't the, the 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 sixty Texas Tribe kids in San Antonio anymore. Mm-hmm. This is the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids that are going to be coming through our Pro Skills family. Who, hey, not everybody wants to play at the next level. True, true. But the kids that do, maybe not everybody will will, will be ready for the next level. But what is the next level? Mm-hmm. For some kids, it's Division One. For some kids, it's Division Two, NAIA, Junior College. Whatever that level is for that kid, we have the opportunity for that child, Mm -hmm. right? So we're going to evolve into every great level, having an academy academy team, a select team, and a national team. The academy team is for those kids who aren't ready yet, Mm -hmm. who need the training, the coaching, the local leagues, local Mm -hmm. tournaments. Our select teams are going to be regional, right? We're going to do Austin. We're going to do Houston, right? We're going to play locally. Right, we're gonna do tournament teams. Then you get to the national team. Mm-hmm. Now you're playing nationally. You're mm-hmm. going to Las Vegas. You're going to the right. big tournaments across the country. And that's those are the opportunities with this brand that's coming to San Antonio. 
that that I think the talent is really spread out across the city. Mm-hmm. I really do. I, I think there's a lot of talented coaches, talented players, and I think you know uh, we just spread it out too thin mm-hmm. because there's organizations like mine, Texas mm-hmm. Tribe, popping up. Mine's only been around for three years in San Antonio, and they're they're springing up every every month, every day, every week, right? Mm-hmm. And we want the Pro Skills family to be the place, mm-hmm. the place where kids have the national recognition, the national yes. exposure, the brand. To, to be able to help them get to the next level mm-hmm. if that's where they feel they belong. And if they don't, we still teach the IQ. The Jeff isn't asking me to change anything we do, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So we're still going to keep teaching the same principles we always teach, the mm-hmm. positives, the negatives, the growth as an individual player, as a person. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited, man. I, I really am excited about this change we're yes. about to Yes, I'm thrilled about the opportunity you're, you're having in it. And I love so much about your humility about it, to put ego aside, put your own brand that you build aside, but to ask the question, what's best for all of the children, all the kids, all of the the young men that you're influencing to give them the best opportunity to be the most successful they can be? Yeah. And for me, maybe I get to watch my daughter play a little bit more college soccer, man. Mm -hmm. One of the sacrifices... A lot of people don't realize when you run your own program or own organization, a standalone organization, mm-hmm. is my daughter plays college soccer. And a lot of times my wife's having to make that trip on her own mm-hmm. because I'm at a basketball event. Right. I'm at a tournament. I'm at mm-hmm. a league game on a Friday night and she plays on Saturday. I don't want to be that father. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be that guy that missed out on his daughter's you know, college soccer career. And I made six games last year, but I could have made double that. Mm -hmm. But I'm in a basketball tournament. And the reason I bring that up is because we are recruiting quality people to come join our staff. Yes. Quality people that know what they're doing, that have the same philosophy, same vision we do, that are here for the kids. Mm -hmm. That's going to free me up to not have to coach four or five teams. Yes. Right. And miss on my daughter's college soccer mm-hmm. career yes. and just grow, just grow this brand, the the Nike pro skills brand. And like, I'm telling you, I, I hope people out there realize it's never been about Fernie Rizzo. It's mm-hmm. never been about the tribe brand per se. Mm-hmm. We are flattered and honored. We are about to phase out tribe in the next few months and phase in the pro skills brand. Mm-hmm. And we're honored. We were the chosen ones. Mm-hmm. We, we really are. Yes. And I, I love your vision. I love your vision for each group of, of the, the kids coming up, but also um, of this, all the sacrifices you've made thus far, but your vision of, of ultimately um, what you can do, what steps you can make and to be present. And, and the, the quote you used stands out to me of, I don't want to be that dad. And the, the kind of father you want to be, the kind of dad you, you, you want to be, and how, what kind of support you want to be able to provide with your, with your physical presence. I think it's huge. Like mm-hmm. I told you, my my dad wasn't there for me, and I don't I don't want to reminisce to look back someday and say, man, I I, I spent so much time building my own brand mm-hmm. that I missed out on this. Mm-hmm. And my daughter's about to be a sophomore in college. She's team captain at uh, HBU. Go Huskies! Dogs mm-hmm. up and uh, <laughs> hashtag dogs up. Mm-hmm. And I these next three years are are huge for me, man, mm-hmm. to be there, yes. to be that supportive father. And I think the Nike Pro Skills, we don't need to brand. The brand is there. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just the director, and I'm very honored and flattered to be the director. And it's the same philosophy I build my own brand on. So it's a great 
great relate great mesh mm -hmm. right just a great fit and it's really hard to find a fit out there that you can just take your entity yes and merge it with another entity and give up your entity and your brand and give up everything you ever fought to establish mm -hmm. and, and and went through the blood sweat and tears but jeff is that guy all right um to bring it in um for for a landing here i do want to ask um what would you say brings out the kid in you? Well, let, let me say this before that. Um, your brand to me, you know, being around you, your leadership, your style, you're passionate, you have tenacity, you're determined, you're focused, you're driven. Now, um, which those are incredible qualities. Now, this other element of you, um, what would you say brings out the kid in you? Ah, that's a good one, man, because I hardly get to experience that side of me. Uh -huh. But I'll give you a, a funny story that... Uh, my wife is like, God, you're such a kid. We were in uh, Vegas mm -hmm. and uh, we were celebrating our anniversary in Las mm -hmm. Vegas. And we're on our way from dinner to one of the, uh, you know, fancy casino hotels there. Because we'd stayed there before. We wanted to kind of visit it. And I see this, this guy in a Red Sox jersey. Mm -hmm. And he is like on FaceTime and he's yelling. And, and I'm like, is he like, yeah, what's going on? It's late right, at night, right, mind right. you, right? So... He, you're like, oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. um, he's like, I just saw Kemba Walker. <laughs> and, I mean, I, I'm a big Celtics fan and people uh -huh. wonder, you're in San Antonio, how are you a Celtics fan? Long story, 11 mm -hmm. years old. You were either Larry Bird, Magic Johnson fan. I fell in love with Larry Bird and the Celtics and never really jumped off the bandwagon. But I respect the Spurs. You know, that's, my, <laughs> that's, the, team, that's the team I root for, 80 right. games a year, except for two. Oh, okay. So anyways, <laughs> I go up to the guy and I said, hey, I'm sorry, but I think I overheard you say this. Mm. He's like, they're all over the casino. They're in there. <laughs> like, he's just as he's, uh, he's, you know, this grown man too. Right. So we go in, we're looking, we're looking, and, and security's like, oh, they're all over the place. Well, mind you, it's already past 11 o'clock. Mm. We find a group of Team USA coaches. Sure. Um, lounging and they're like yeah they went up to the room and you know i take a picture uh coach uh carlissimo's there and, mm -hmm. and another one of the coaches on staff and uh you know we have a good conversation he says hey you know here's my number go ahead and call me tomorrow see what i can do mm -hmm. we get on the list we get into the team usa practice uh -oh. that's the kid in me man i'm <laughs> taking pictures i'm taking video video i'm on facebook live uh, i'm yes. watching these guys these nba players just scrimmage and i'm floor level i mean this is at the mm, mendenhall center at yes. UNLV. and being a big celtics fan you know, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Tatum, and Kemba Walker are all mm -hmm. on the roster. That's right. So I'm like haunting them down, like scoping them out, like <laughs> trying not to be that guy, right? right, right, but, right. But being very professional, sitting in the bleachers, Rick Carlisle comes in and Tom Thibodeau and Steve Clifford. And mm -hmm. you got Coach Larinaga from the Celtics, the Celtics assistant coach. And you got yes. Mike Fratello. And so I'm... These are all, they're seating on the same bleachers I am. So I'm like, okay, I, I can't like go crazy and like start mm, taking pictures. Right, right. But I was a kid, man. I, I packed a, a, a old Boston Celtics shirt I had that mm. I had taken on the trip to to just kind of have. And I'm there and I, I buy a Sharpie. I tell the Uber driver to stop by the grocery store to buy a Sharpie. I mean, <laughs> when you say kid, you know, I'm like, and the Uber, Uber driver, older gentleman tells mm. my wife like, 
uh, he's high energy. That's what he says. And then my wife says, it's like having three kids at home. Uh oh. So to answer your question, I think that's what does it for me, man. Just yes. you know the, the way I grew up, and I grew up in El Paso, and 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 we didn't have professional sports right uh, there, and, and just these professional sport venues and the teams and being around celebrities just mm, makes me a kid, man. Yes. And that's a, that's a funny story because we were there for our, our anniversary. We didn't have an agenda, but how blessed am I to have a wife that's willing to sit with you? We yes. went Monday and Tuesday, uh -huh, uh -huh. three hours a day in the gym, mm -hmm. but the story tops off on a good note. We ended up getting all four autographs on that shirt nice. by going up to them individually. And we got a picture of all four of them, and we're going to frame that wow. in the kids' loft. Nice. And my excuse is it's going to be in the boys' loft, in the kids' loft, mm -hmm. but that's going to be as much mine as it is theirs. <laughs> because that's that's the kid in me. I, I, I love I, it. And and any any sports team that I'm a fan of, I mm -hmm. just I, – I, and Coach Pop. You know, Coach Pop was there. And yes. We saw him up close, court level. Mm -hmm. uh, I love Pop. You know, Pop, Pop is a, a, a legend, and Pop was being Pop. We – you know, hollered at him and try mm. to get his autograph and said hi, you know, gave us a nod, got straight on the bus. I'm like, that's just Popovich, you know, right, for right. you. But big, big, big sports fan, man. Mm. Just any, anytime I can be at a sports event, mm -hmm. a professional sports event, just, and I think it's, it's yeah. my upbringing. I, I just didn't have those opportunities. Mm -hmm. and, and to be able to say that I'm blessed to have those opportunities. I, I share my wife makes fun of me because I share in it with my boys because mm -hmm. they're 13 and 15 and I'm a grown man. Right. But I'm sharing <laughs> in the opportunities with them and these sure. experiences with no them. No doubt. You know? Completely. And, and that's the kid in me, man. That, hey. that's, just, that's just it right there. I love it. Well, one, thank you again for coming back to the show. Um, two, you're welcome, thank you you're welcome to come me. back again. So we have to figure out another <laughs> time for you to come back, whether we talk about parenting or um, we, I, I, I figured we could probably do a whole podcast even on pop. Hey, um, we can, <laughs> but um, we'll have to figure it out. But again, thank you for joining the show. Of course, this is the Strong Life Coach Podcast with Fernie Rizzo. We speak life, coach life, write life, and lead life. Have a great one. Thank you, Derek. Appreciate your time, man. Mm -hmm. Appreciate you.